Welcome into the 86th episode of the Who Day Den, I believe. Thank you for listening. I am joined today by Jake Taylor, who has been a uh, frequent guest, reoccurring guest, and we are always grateful to have him on today, especially as your dear uh, main host, myself, is battling a cold of some sort. Thank you, Jake, for volunteering to carry the show today. I am happy to be here. Huda. Yeah, yeah Huda, you are much needed today. So uh, my children got sick, started with the youngest on Sunday morning, and then my oldest on Monday, and then myself yesterday. So we are, uh, we're in shambles in this house right now. A lot of coughing, um, a lot of sneezing, runny noses, and uh, your boy started with the body aches today. Just it's it's definitely up there as one of the worst symptoms. Yeah. Um, so are you are you on the uh, injury list this week? The the fully the yeah. limited participant practice. What's yeah, your I would say I'm a status? limited participant. Have not I uh, unfortunately have not been afforded the opportunity to just completely sit out a day yet. Uh, my wife had to go to work today, so I was home with both boys. Mm. Also nursing myself back to health. So I I would say I'm questionable. Log some limited this week. Um, you're not getting the Tom Brady slash Collins Wednesday no, off veteran treatment. Didn't get it today. Well, um, I do have to shout out my mother who I don't think listens to the pod, but she did drop off some soup today and stayed for about an hour so that I could sleep in the basement. So that's huge. Shout out to mom. Shout that's out great. moms everywhere. Shout out moms everywhere. Uh, that was much needed. And, um, <clears throat> so we're here, we're here recording because that's what, that's what we get paid the huge bucks. Like, that's what pays the bills. If I don't record these episodes, my kids don't eat. So that's why I am kind of pushing through. Um, I don't know if I want to call this my flu game because what Michael Jordan delivered in that flu game was a performance for the ages. And at this point I am hoping to provide a performance to just get us through to the end. Um, My goal is not to provide quality today. My goal is to just provide anything today. So mm. my bar is very low. Um, but I will need you to to be, if we're sticking with basketball here, to be the LeBron uh, circa don't know what year. The year against the um, Magic where he scored like 20-something consecutive points. Uh, what, what was that, like 07 maybe? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, just put the team on your back. You could use a lot of LeBron examples for that actually. Yeah, I mean, which which year did he not put the team on his back? You know, I think one of the best examples was actually the year that they had a you know a pretty strong Cavs team, but then Kyrie got injured, Kevin Love got injured, and that was the year uh, Iguodala won the Finals MVP. But I thought that watching that series, it was literally like, this is the LeBron show for the Cavs, or else they're not going to be able to do anything. Because I mean, you're going to pass it to Delavadova? I don't think don't, so. Please, please do not trash talk Delhi. Yeah, in wow. my presence, my ear yeah. presence. Well, I don't need you to be a Deli Vadova. I need you to be a LeBron James. LeBron James. I got um, you. So that's what I need you to bring to this episode. Because hey, hey, I promise. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Uh, I am bringing what I have uh, as as part of my show preparation is a lot of uh, stats, a lot of good nuggets of information. Um, but I'm really going to need you to kind of fill in the blanks because there are a lot of blanks in my brain 
the last couple of days as I've I've been battling through this. But you you got it, buddy. I just need you to at least acknowledge my I Promise Academy LeBron James reference. Okay, when I, I when did I not realize. Yeah, did not realize you're going with LeBron um, there, but that was right on theme. So that's Thank very you. good. Thank you. Um, I thought it was more just like of a touching, like you were just saying, like I promise I won't let you down, sort of thing. I mean, I'll sing to you if we need to, but let's see how this goes first. Yeah. Um, well, we got the Falcons here, of course, three and three. We're sitting at three and three. And Joe Burrow said it himself today in the presser that the next three games potentially determine how the season's going to go. And I would tend to agree because this is a stretch where you absolutely have to go two and one. Ideally, you're going three and oh. Um, and this is kind of a critical juncture of the season, I think, at three and three. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he he's dead on. He's really just saying it out loud what we're all thinking. And uh, I expect nothing less from our, our fearless leader. He's going to galvanize the locker room and lock I him do in with like, the intensity. I do kind of like him saying that versus just being like, oh, it's just another game, one game at a time. Like, at least he's yeah. showing, like, there is some urgency here. These next three games are extremely important for us. Um, so I did kind of like that because usually you get the canned answer of, like, every week's important. It's just another game, and we always know that's not the case week to week. Right. But um, it's a game where the Bengals are favored. It's a game that I would say the vast majority believe the Bengals should win. I will say I enter this game a little nervous. Maybe it's because of the expectations playing into that. Like, I'm actually more nervous, I think, about this game than I was the Ravens game. And it's obviously not because I think the Falcons are better than the Ravens. It was like... I wanted to win that Ravens game, but I knew if we lost on the road, uh, it wasn't the end of the world necessarily. We'll get another shot at them. This is one of those games where it feels like the expectation is you really have to win this. And if you lose, that's going to be really bad. So that kind of plays into a little bit of my um, concern entering this game. And I think the Falcons present a lot of potential issues for the Bengals. I think this could be a sneaky, difficult game for the Bengals. The Falcons have been like decent they've won three of their last four against seahawks browns beat the 49ers and you know who knows if they would have beat the bucks but that really bad roughing the passer call Mm kind of ended that but they've played tough for the last four weeks or so yeah they i mean they they're no they're no slouch i think maybe going into the season we might have circled this game as a easy win um but like you said the way that they've played thus far in the style that they play and i'm sure you'll talk more about that is uh, definitely got us probably feeling a little tighter about it than we would otherwise. Yeah, I mean, offensively, if you look at a lot of raw numbers, they do not blow you away. If you haven't watched a game, I think I watched the majority of that Falcons-Browns game because that was the week we played Sunday night. And uh, fortunately for me, Atlanta-Cleveland was the game that I believe Fox gave me that day. So thank you, Fox for allowing me the opportunity to scout the Falcons in advance. And in that game, I mean, the Browns rush defense has not been good this year anyways, but I mean, the Falcons were just running it down their throats and that's kind of what they've done and their recipe for success. So they have the few, the third fewest passing yards per game, 159 with Marcus Marriott at the helm. So it's not necessarily the passing that worries me, especially with our, our secondary being generally pretty strong And and that kind of, it's the run game, obviously. And that kind of you see in there, which I don't usually like doing this with stats, but it does kind of tell the story for them. And the three losses, Atlanta has averaged 28 pass attempts per game. 
in their three wins, they average less than 18 pass attempts per game. So I don't like those stats usually because if you're losing, you have to pass the ball to keep up. Right. So it can be skewed a little bit, but that really does show that that big of a difference. There's like a 10 pass attempt per game difference in their wins and losses. Last last week, I think Marietta was 13 or 14. They do not want to have to throw the ball unless absolutely necessary. Yeah, I mean, they, they've given us the recipe for victory right there. And it does feel like maybe this isn't, I mean, I know the timing isn't great as far as we're without DJ Reader, probably without Logan Wilson, but maybe it's not the worst timing in the world that we just played the Saints, who kind mm-hmm. of had a similar, like, I don't think they wanted Andy Dalton to um, throw the ball 30 plus times. They were running it really efficiently. I think that's going to be a similar recipe. So I'm I'm interested to see what the Bengals do differently defensively, because Last week, I think there were some scheme things that I had questions about, especially playing that soft of coverage on that receiving core. But there was also just some things like the missed tackles that we weren't used to seeing that showed up last week that hopefully are cleaned up this week. There was quite a few runs where we either like got to um, Kamara in the backfield. And I got to ask you, do you say Kamara or Kamara? Uh, This is kind of like the Calipari, Calipari thing. Yeah. But I say Kamara, I think. As opposed to like always saying Cal Perry with Kamara, I feel like I switch it up. Sometimes I'll say Kamara, sometimes yeah. I'll say Kamara. I just, just, when just I hear depends Kamara, on the... I think of Kamara and it just throws me <laughs> off so I say Kamara. Anyways, well, there were some there were some runs last week where we were missing tackles uh in the backfield and giving up, you know, bigger runs than we should have. And the, the one stat I looked up today, uh, this was from, I've referenced this before, but Rich Rebar does a worksheet for Sharp Football Analysis, and he had a stat. Actually, go check that out. Usually it's behind a paywall, and I can only see like the first two paragraphs of it because, um, I mean, as much as I like his work, it, I don't pay for that subscription. Sorry, Rich. This week, the Falcons and Bengals one is fully unlocked, so you can read the entire thing. So if you look for him out on Twitter, I don't know what his handle is but his last name is H-R-I-B-A-R, Rich Rebar. Anyways, in his worksheet, he noted a lot of, uh, I thought, interesting stats, and one of them was that the Falcons run the ball 70% of the time on first down, which is the highest rate in the league. So we're entering this game not only knowing that they definitely prefer to run the ball, but we know that they definitely, definitely prefer to run the ball on first down. So I want to see how Lou adjusts some of the coverage whether we just start the game playing a little bit tighter, putting more people in the box, or whether it's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to wait for him to finally adjust. Right, yeah. I mean, it it seems to me that in, in games like this, and maybe where the Bengals came up a little bit short last week, was that it really takes a lot of discipline um, to, to be consistent against the run. And a team like Atlanta where you know they want to run and they're going to run a significant percentage of the time. It's, it's just about doing your job, not trying to do too much. Um, and just allowing the scheme or the fit to, to do what it's supposed to do. Um, cause you know, they're going to want to set up an occasional play action to keep them honest. Um, they're going to throw some different formations out there, but as long as the Bengals stay disciplined and I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that they played the saints this past week, they're going to be in the right headspace coming off of that kind of disappointing outing, knowing exactly, okay, this, these are the things we need to clean up. This is what we have to do to be successful this week. I think they're going to be in a good spot uh, mentally. And 
I really do think that the team got got their mojo back this past yeah. week. Uh, yeah, I I mean, hopefully. I think another parallel to that Saints game is we saw how the Saints jumped out to a lead and then they were just running, running, running. And ideally, we would have wanted Andy Dalton to have to throw the ball to those receivers they had last week and try to beat us. But they didn't have to because they got out to the big lead. They chewed up clock. They had long drives. That's kind of my concern with the Falcons, too, because we have unfortunately notoriously gotten out to slow starts this season. I mean, even last season. And that's kind of been our our flaw is getting down early and then having to make a comeback. And so uh, I, I went out to StatHead. I always plug StatHead. That is a subscription that I do pay for. Uh, the Falcons have 20 drives this season where they were playing with a lead. And on those drives, they run it 63% of the time. So we know that they want to run the ball. When they get a lead, they're going to go run heavy. And generally, they've had pretty decent success doing that. Like for comparison's sake, the Bengals have had 22 drives this year where we've had the lead and we run it less than half the time. We run it 47% of the time. So they are running it six out of 10 times um, when they have the lead. When they're trailing, that goes down to 52% run rate, 58.8% pass rate. So even if they're trailing, they're not going to abandon the run by any means. But we know that if they can get a lead and build a lead, it's going to play right into their desire to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more. And that worries me a little bit because for whatever reason, this offense has not been able to get out to a quick start. If you win the toss this week, Jake, uh, the coin toss, are you taking the ball or are you deferring in a game that you think you should win? I am absolutely taking the ball. Um, I, I know that in the past they've wanted kind of that double possession, like in the, in the ball before yep. halftime and then after halftime. Um, but, I mean, we've already talked about the, the, the perfect game script is a script this week where the Bengals score on the opening drive. Um, they, they force a three and out or they get the ball back and they score again. And the Falcons are instantly thrust into a position that they don't want to be where they have to – pass the ball more, um, they have to switch up their game plan, and then they're playing behind the eight ball as opposed to what we saw the Bengals do last week where they put themselves in, in a hole and luckily made stops when it counted, but it really was a little bit more dicey than we would have liked. Yeah, it would be nice for the Bengals to put for once, like put the other team in a situation where they're uncomfortable. Right. And if you look back to last week's game, the Falcons beat the 49ers, they built a 14 to nothing lead in the first half. Uh, actually, I think it was in the first quarter. They were up 14 to nothing. Um, I think they had a fumble recovery that contributed to that. But anyways, they're, they get up 14. In the first quarter, they had seven rush, 10 pass attempts in the first quarter, building that 14 to nothing lead. Then quarters two through four with a doubles, like a two-score lead, they ran it 30 times and passed 11. So they went like 3x on runs to passes there on out. And that's exactly what they want to do. And they were able to do it because they got that lead. And the other thing that I thought was interesting about the Falcons, it kind of similar to the Bengals in that they actually do show a lot of fight offensively, even though they maybe aren't the most talented offense. They don't have the most talented quarterback. They really had week one, they blew a 16 point fourth quarter lead. Other than that, though, they've been doing a lot of like they've been doing a pretty good job of playing catch up. So in week two, they got down 20 to three to the Rams. They storm back with 15 unanswered points on offense. They make it close down the stretch um, in the fourth quarter. Week four, 
They were down three headed to the fourth against Cleveland, outscored them in the fourth quarter to win that game. Week five, they got down 21 to nothing to the Bucks, scored 15 in the fourth quarter to make it close. And again, if it wasn't for that roughing call, what would that game have ended? We don't know. Um, but if even if we build a 14 to nothing lead, this feels like a game where we really want the offense to keep the pedal down and continue putting points up because even though we know they prefer to play with a lead and they prefer to run the ball more, they're not a team that's just going to flop by any means. They've been like pretty competitive again, even in that Rams game down by 25 points or whatever, they ultimately lost by four. They've been in a lot of close games last week, winning by two touchdowns was their um, like for the largest deficit or a largest points. What's what's that point? (laughs) Differential. differential. I was thinking deficit. I was like, it's not a deficit. They won. Differential. Yeah. So they lost by one week one. They lost by four week two, one by four, one by three, lost by six. So they've been playing close games to where that's another thing I'm looking at is, okay, if we do get off to a quick start or build a 13 to three halftime lead, it's still not going to be one of those leads that even though I think we're superior to the Falcons and we are maybe putting them in an uncomfortable situation that I'm going to feel too comfortable with until that game's over because they've shown that they are going to fight back into the game. Defensively, I found some uh, good nuggets as well. And I think this is also probably good for us when you look at just playing the Saints and kind of what they did and stuff like that. Uh, The defense has allowed the most passing yards in the league. And a part of me is like, does that really mean that much? Because we faced the Falcon or the uh, Ravens when they were leading the league in passing yards allowed. And it was a pretty bummer of a game. We thought they would really exploit that and they didn't. So maybe that doesn't matter as much because, you know, I I think the difference though would be the Ravens kind of changed what they typically do because Mm -hmm. they were going up against us. Whereas Atlanta runs a lot of cover three already. So it's unlikely that they're going to change, in my opinion, it's unlikely they're going to change their entire defensive scheme because they already play a lot of zone to prevent themselves from getting beat deep. So maybe that, maybe that attributes to the Bengals being able to have a higher passing yardage total than they have uh, against like the Ravens who were a poor team against the pass. Uh, And their defense also allows the seventh most targets allowed to running backs. So Mm, I am actually putting on my fantasy football hat. I'm actually all in on Joe Mixon this week because we've seen him rush more efficiently the last two weeks. We saw him get work in the passing game last week uh, in the red zone, which was, unusual for him i think usually we've seen him in between the 20s getting swing passes and dump downs but to get a manufactured touch in within the 10 yard line really uh was was new for him i think this could be a good mix in week yeah we showed efficiency the last two weeks running the ball and this is kind of a team that you could take advantage of their defense uh out of the backfield catching the ball yeah i mean i i think this you mentioned the ravens and uh well i i see your point and I, I definitely think it's a, a valid point. You I would disagree say, with me, Jake. I don't mind. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, my hope is that we've kind of seen the Bengals start to figure some things out on the offensive side. And I, just the way that Joe Mixon talked, the way that Joe Burrow has talked, um, a lot of the guys just seem to feel like they're starting to click. They're starting to figure things out. They're, they know who they are. Um, they're starting to realize which things that they're good at. And it's pretty obvious that they're going to kind of lean into those things as opposed to uh, running some of the, the stuff earlier in the season that, that, that was causing them problems or maybe wasn't the best fit for the personnel. Um, I think 
seeing the offensive line take strides now. It seems like every week they take a step forward. Um, I, I expect the Bengals to to put together a more complete game on the offensive side of the, the ball this week. Um, whereas with the Ravens, you know, you've got the division rivalry, which is, yep. you know, the old cliche, it's cliche throw out the record true. books. It's but true. it's like... <laughs> You, you know the Ravens were hungry for the win. You, they were going to do whatever it took to get the get the victory uh, after the way that Joe Burrow embarrassed them last year. So mm-hmm. not, not surprised at all that that one was not exactly like the perfect, flawless offensive game. But even in that one, you saw the Bengals in the second half, like figure it out. And so I think that's been encouraging to see and then them kind of build on it since then. Um, gives me a lot of hope moving into this game where you're facing a team that, like you said, gives up a lot of passing yards. Well, I would imagine Joe Burrow is going to have another 300 yard week. Yeah. Um, the, you mentioned you would expect like some more, uh, consistency, like from the offense. And one of the nuggets that Rich Rebar had in his worksheet was that the Falcons defense is allowing 37.7 yards per drive, which is uh, 30th in the league. So they aren't forcing a ton of three and outs they forced i think they forced 12 three and outs on the season through six weeks four of those came in week one so since then yeah they're they're not a defense that's going to um get you off the field quickly usually so that to me is like don't shoot yourselves in the foot when we're on offense we can't have those penalties getting us behind the chains we can't have those negative first down plays um i think it's it's oversimplified from a fan standpoint probably because I mean, maybe sometimes coaches overcomplicate things, but it does seem probably a little oversimplified to just be like, just do what you did last week. But it really does feel like this is a game where you just go heavy shotgun, you run the ball, um, not as much. Like we went heavy pass on first down last week and had an extremely efficient week. I can't remember if I did I drop that stat on the last episode. I, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. Well, now it was, it was all a blur. It was all a, a, a win and just euphoric. Yeah. Can't can't even recall. So don't it's worry, safe I'm, to drop it again. Yeah, don't worry, I'm looking it up. Uh okay, so on first down last week, we went twenty passes, five rushes on first down, which is really an insane pass to rush ratio on first down for us. Usually we were going like fifty fifty or even leaning a little bit more towards run over pass. And you compare that to what I said before, the Falcons wanna like they run the ball seventy percent of the time on first down. So this was what, 20 out of 25, is that 80%? I think, yeah, that's 80% pass rate for us on first down last week. We had a lot of success. We averaged eight and a half yards per play on first down. Burrow on first down, 16 of 19, 193, two touchdowns. So we were ultra aggressive on first downs. And I think if we do that again, and we like that defense is going to allow us to sustain some drives as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. And uh, I, I'm hoping that that's the case this week because you know, you go, you have a home game after a, I don't know if you'd call last week an emotional win. Maybe it was for some of the players. I think, you know, there was like some, some homecoming ties there. For sure. I, I don't know. Like for Joe Burrow was an extremely emotional win. I, I don't know. He seems pretty even keeled. Um, Jamar Chase doesn't seem like one that's going to get way too high or way too low necessarily. So maybe that's a cliche, but after a big win, regardless last week, this feels like it could be one of those letdown games potentially if you, look past the Falcons mm-hmm. to, I mean, we got the, do we have the, the, the Browns and then the, the Browns Panthers. on Monday night football? Yeah. yeah. 
So but I think that's the huge thing about Burrow coming out and saying these are kind of this three game stretch is going to make our season. Like I, I think that's him, whether he's consciously doing it or, or subconsciously, just kind of like ensuring that 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 letdown spot after the emotional road victory doesn't happen. Yeah. Um. And, and the other thing I looked up for the the Bengals defense, which I or the, excuse me the Falcons defense, which I think bodes well for us, is they blitz at the eighth lowest rate. They sit back and cover three the majority of the time. They rank 30th in the league in pressure rate, last in sack rate. So this they have Grady Jarrett in the middle of the line, who I think is kind of like our, their DJ Reader, who DJ Reader definitely can impact the game, influence the game. He You feel him more usually in the run game uh, than you do as a pass rusher. I think that's sort of where maybe I'm talking out of line here because I don't study Grady Jarrett tape, but that's kind of the vibe I get from Grady Jarrett to where this isn't a defensive line that we're worried about them getting to Joe Burrow four, five, six times. And so couple that with the way our offensive line has looked better the last few weeks. This feels like one of those games where Burrow can sit back. He's going to have time and they're going to play cover three. So you might have to do the dink and dunk and just take what the defense gives you sort of thing. But Joe's kind of shown the willingness to do that the last few weeks that it seemed like, especially week one, he was just kept trying to go for the kill shot and, kept throwing interceptions. So I think he's gotten better in that area. And it feels like one of those games where he can have another extremely efficient game. You hope for yards after catch to break the big play. Cause you're probably not throwing a 50 yard, like 50 air yards uh, on a deep pass for a touchdown sort of thing. So I don't know. I think that also plays into potentially the mix in thing. I mean, they don't do well against running backs. They're going to sit back in a zone. This could be just swing it to Mixon, Boyd and Hurst in the middle of the field. You've got a lot of, I mean, you've got a lot of options, honestly. Can't really yeah. go wrong <laughs> with any of them. But Yeah, I think that's kind of what we've been seeing here lately is that the Bengals are, are figuring out what works and they're sticking with it. And I would expect that to, to continue this week. Like uh, you mentioned being tight and being more nervous about this game than the Ravens game. And uh, I don't know, maybe this will, will bite me in the butt or I'm just a homer or whatever. But to me, I, I feel confident – um in the victory honestly i think this like ideal 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 perfect scenario for this game is that the offense hums along from the start uh you have maybe one of your first games where you felt like beginning to end you played really well and wouldn't it be awesome if week seven is the week that and I'm, i'm not trying to trigger the hive here but like this is the week you could get chris evans some touches because he hasn't really had any yet and not that we necessarily are going to start having him supplant Samaj P. Ryan in his role, but just to get some of these guys that potentially could have a role on this team later in the season, or God forbid if an injury occurs or something like that, like this could be the week where Chris Evans can get a little bit more run because we're up by three touchdowns, or Dax Hill works into a few more packages because we have a lead and we can try some different things. I just think that would be like the ideal scenario of your offense looks like it's clicking, you feel really good about it and you can work in some of these younger guys that don't necessarily have an active role right now on this team, but you would hope would be able to be contributors should they be called upon at some point in the season. Sounds great. From your, your lips to God's ears. Let's yeah. Speak it into existence. Well, the spread is at uh, Bengals minus six. Do you feel like that is appropriate? Um, <laughs> I'd like to think and hope so. 
Yeah. So I'll say yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna cover it for sure. Yeah, my only concern is the Falcons keeping all their games close pretty much. The Bengals slow starts. Like there's all those things we've talked about are in the back of my head of like I don't necessarily feel nervous that we are going to lose. I think this is a game you could very easily lose because there's a, there's a recipe there for you to lose. We, I mean, we almost did it last week against an inferior team because we had the fumble um, and we had some of those three and outs early on. So like it missed tackles, like all those things right. could have spelled disaster for us last week. If you do those things again this week, sure. I could see us losing it. I'm more just thinking it's going to be a closer game than what mm-hmm. maybe we are hoping for. So I don't know. Like I, I, I see, to me, the Falcons are they're a well-coached team, and they have a quarterback in Marcus Mariota who has been around for a long time. He's a, a good leader. He's a guy that's not going to like make a ton of mistakes. How um, old do you think Marcus Mariota is? If I had to guess, how old Marcus Mariota is? Gosh, that's... I looked it up today, and I was surprised. I'm going to say that he is thirty-two. Twenty-eight. 28 yeah i i was with you i was like he's probably anywhere between 30 to 31 is what i was guessing wow yeah i was on his page today said he's 28 good for him and the internet doesn't lie so it's never lied once yeah he turns 20 he he turns 29 next week on uh sunday so good for him he's had an up and down career uh, more downs but really a guy that like when he's had opportunities and been healthy i feel like he's he's gonna keep his team in the game and yeah. uh I think he's they like the, he's attitude. like an athletic game manager right yeah he, he there's definitely more of a, a spark with him like he's not just a guy it's like all right make make these reads kind of just dump it down but he, he's a guy that can really hurt you so i i like to think that this falcons team that we're playing is a team that's taking advantage of a few um like mistakes from the other teams taking advantage of like this past week they played the 49ers at home the Niners yeah. had played on the east coast the week before so they spent the week in West Virginia it's like they, they're banged up on defense um wow that's some good that's some good information you just dropped there well you know I I, I pay attention a little bit to what's going on and, and I I just see this team as someone who has not been fully tested yet and while I don't think they're the type of team that's going to lay down and die I do think that if the Bengals can play a clean game, they shouldn't have too much of an issue. Like, I, I think they're going to be able to move the ball pretty much at will. Um, and it's going to come down to the defense's ability to kind of make stops here and there and kind of force the Falcons out of their game plan. Do you have a weather report for Sunday? I got to go look this up. Uh, the last I've seen from this weekend is like 70s and sunny. So Mm-mm-mm. pretty ideal Yes, I am seeing 74, mostly sunny. That's beautiful. I That's... will be at the uh, Red River Gorge on Saturday. Oh. Enjoying a nice, relaxing uh, UK bye week. But not on Sunday. But not on Sunday. I will be in front of the TV Yeah. saying who day. Locked in, yeah. Um, we are supposed to have uh, a glimpse into my personal life. Uh, basketball practice on Friday and my assistant coach is out of town this week. So it is solo Mia. Wow. Yeah. Your first uh, solo uh, whistle. Yeah. Um, 
will you be healthy is the question. I, I, mean, I know. That's what I'm concerned about. Get your whole team sick. And these are four, five, and six-year-olds. I mean, it is legitimately like herding cats. And uh, practice Friday and then a game Saturday morning. And then my son's birthday party is supposed to be Saturday afternoon. Wow. Jam-packed uh, 24 hours there from Friday evening through Saturday evening. At this point, we just got to get healthy. Yeah. Um, I'm going heavy on the Simple Truth Vapor Distilled Water with added electrolytes for taste um, in, a BPA free, in a BPA-free bottle. I had some body armor. That didn't help. Uh, what flavor? Uh, it was like the Clementine. Oh, one. well, that's why it didn't help. You well, I have another one in there that's berry something. Okay. You, you got to go like strawberry banana or, or something like that. One of the good kinds. Yeah. Uh, well, I was limited at Kroger last night when I went. Uh, they had coconut. I can't stand coconut flavor. So uh, had those been on the Dayquil today, been on vitamin C, but it's kind of like once you're sick, it's too late. It's too yeah. late to do anything. You just have to Let it live, run live miserably for 48 hours and it is what it is. Also not sleeping well. You know, sleep very important for getting healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been sleeping all over the place, mostly with my youngest who's been sick that requires some nighttime cuddles. So oh, I was like on yeah. the couch a couple nights ago, woke up, my back was just a knot. Yep. Official it's, dad, dad mm, status, dad it's back. Bad. It's, yeah, it's bad. Yep. Got to get to the chiropractor next week once I'm healthy. That's going to be huge for my recovery. But, chiropractor guy. Uh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you like the, the neck crack? Nope. I actually, I opt out of that every time. <laughs> opt out. Yep. I've done it before and there's something about when I feel like my back is getting cracked. I don't feel like there is risk of anything bad happening. I'm sure there technically are, Mm -hmm. but when my neck is cracked, it feels like my, like you could just sever my spine and pull my head off sort of thing. It could just be over right there. Yeah. The last thing you ever see is your chiropractor's (laughs) chest. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. His midsection, like right in my face as he's just right there on the neck. So, I, I go for just the back and it's just a few quick pops and then the lay on your side, cross your legs over, pull your yeah. arm over your body, puts his body weight on me and it's just like, ta, 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 ta. I've never been, but I've watched enough videos. I, yeah. I think I could be a chiropractor. E- I could pop some people. Sure. You should try that on <laughs> uh, your fiance. And uh, see what she thinks about it as your patient. She, she might not be as confident as me. No. Um, then they do like the stretching machine. That's big. I like that. The traction thing. And then they do the uh, the roller table. Big fan of that as well. That sounds nice. Yep. So if you are looking for a chiropractor, I go to All-Star Chiropractic in Independence, Kentucky. Shout out wow. All-Star Chiropractic. Free ads all over the place. Free ads. I'm not charging for them. Speaking of ads, Vivid Picks. Um, I, I don't think I mentioned in the last episode that I did barely lose last week, but you know, keyword there is lose. I've had a very rough go. I dabbled in the NBA last night. I saw that. They were giving away a free square, a, a basically a free square. It was Steph Curry, 0.53 pointers. So you're like, oh, he's definitely gonna get that. Uh, tagged on Jason Tatum rebounds. I put $3, one nine, something hey, like that. So you got to um, fill that, that bucket back up. You've been yep, slowly we're filling it back up. And the nice thing is, is because when I joined, I got the deposit match. Every time you put a parlay in, it adds it to, it adds like the deposit match trickles in. So I've just been using like my deposit match stuff. Haven't quite tapped into 
my initial deposit, if that makes sense. You're not um, Yeah. So anyways, uh, that link, of course, is in the description of the podcast. Highly recommend downloading it and putting some good player props in. Yeah. I think I might just be... I know this is a football part. I might just be done with football parlays because I am very bad at them. It seems no, like. you, you can't be done. You just got to be better. I guess I'm too. I I'm one and zero on my NBA ones. Putting another one in tonight. If I win tonight's NBA, I'm likely going to be hooked. Like all, the the last five weeks of losing everything will mean nothing because I've won two in a row. And I'm winning is good medicine. Be, yeah. So. Um, which medicine is exactly what I need right now. Exactly. Thank you, Jake, for joining and for really putting this podcast on your back, though. Who did? Um, yeah. Uh, Greg Jennings style. Hey, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's me. The whole I, team on, on your back. I, I miss Greg Jennings, for being honest. With a broken leg. Yeah, and the real life Greg Jennings, too. Oh, yeah, that's Greg Jennings, yeah. Uh, he does, I'll do a quick Greg Jennings plug. I've seen him do some video content lately for the 33rd team, which is actually a, I use their website because they have a tool called the edge and that's where I get all my information on what kind of defenses teams run and stuff. So, uh, Burrow against cover three this year has been successful last week. He was five of six, 39 yards and a touchdown that all came from the edge, which is also where Greg Jennings does some guest stuff. So there we go. So, I mean, Full none circle. of these people, none of these people have to pay me. I'll throw ads out left and right. Look at I you. will. Yep. Uh, just, all about, just all about sharing content anyway. So hopefully uh, for the listeners, this was, I'd say like a B to B minus uh, quality. The, uh, I did have to mute a few times to hack a bit. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even notice. Out. Yeah. I, I muted. So I muted. Yeah. Um, and in the, in the, the drainage down the throat had to, mute a couple times for like a good like <clears throat> sort of thing um, yeah that's that's a great way to send the listeners out yeah so uh hopefully the this is a b minus but i'm looking forward to getting back to that a plus content that everybody is so used to after a win on yeah, sunday let's, let's get back above 500 how about that back above 500 first place in the afc north i mean, I mean we're already there but might as well stay yeah until next time Bengals fans who day there it is yeah.